Good evening. Oh, come on. Good evening. This is like youth ministry. There's participation involved. My name is Judy Ramsey, and it is my pure delight to work here at St. Joseph's with the youth of our parish. Um, I want to introduce to you our speakers this evening. Uh, first up to speak with us will be Claire Tucker. Claire is a senior. And then after Claire speaks, um, Matt Ramsey will be speaking. <laughs> Matt is also a senior at Winmar. And then following that will be Maddie Erlman. <laughs> Maddie is a senior at Xavier. So aside from being a little nervous tonight to speak, they have college decisions on their mind. So, you know, there's a lot of stress in their lives. But when um, we get an opportunity to listen to them tonight, when we were asked if the youth of our parish would come speak, um, we had some discussions about what that would look like. And when we asked these guys to talk, um, part of our conversation was, it's not about them. You're here tonight to hear God's story of their life, but it's God's story. So we ask that as you listen, and we switch from one speaker to the next, that you refrain from any applause or you know, reaction and remain in that prayerful spirit until the whole story is told. And then at the end, you'll know that you've heard all that God wanted to share with you tonight. So we'll begin with prayer. So I went reluctantly. 
I had no idea that I was about to encounter God for the first time in my life. I tried to explain what happened during that experience that night to so many people, but it's incredibly difficult to find the words to describe it. That night, I spent those few hours listening to Rodney teach us the Good Friday story, connecting all the little dots within the scripture and showing me just how much God loves us. At the very end of the night, we were invited into the church to sit on the pew alone to pray, journal, and think everything through. I was exhausted at this point, but as they played the audio to the Passion of the Christ, I mean, just the audio, there was no sound, nothing, just the dim lights of the church. And while we sat in those pews, thoughts began to race through my mind. Thoughts about everything at first. School, work, what I was going to wear the next day. But as time went on, my thoughts began to narrow. It was like my mind was a chalkboard, and everything on it was being erased, except for God. What was probably 15 minutes later, I started to look around at the other pews, but things started to turn dark on the edges. And then I heard it. The sound shocked me into reality and out of my thoughts. The sound of the whip cracking and Jesus crying out in pain. I was taken completely by surprise. I had never seen this movie before. What was going on? With every crack of that whip, I felt myself flinch. And with every cry from Jesus, I became more and more aware of the fact that he did that for me. He went through that pain for me. He loves me. He loves me enough to lay down his life for me. I am loved. And you are all loved. The cry sent me deeper and deeper into thought. And all of a sudden, the lights were on and I was getting into my mom's car. I can barely remember the rest of the night. I got home and my mom began to ask questions. Tears poured down my face and I couldn't stop them. Every time I looked at her, I thought of how much you have to love someone to lay down your life for them. Jesus loves me that much. The tears continued to stream down my face. My mom didn't say another word because she knew something had broken through my shell. To this day, I give my mom the credit for my faith. If she hadn't sent me on a trip, that retreat, or had just given up the fight, I don't know where I would be today. That one moment changed my life forever. I went to the National Catholic Youth Conference the following year and met an amazing group of people who I found myself able to open up to. I started raising my hand in discussion, asking questions that I wanted answers to, and became very close with those same people. They accepted me, loved me, and helped to deepen my faith. And for that, I am so incredibly thankful. But there's more. Those that don't know me probably think that I'm full of myself because how I talk in a group or walk into a room, but that's not me at all. I have struggled with my body image for years. I used to cry after looking in the mirror because I hated how I looked that much. I tried everything, hiding behind baggy clothes, makeup, and even considering weight loss goals at one point. I finally came to terms with my body and who I am in the last year, but that doesn't mean that I don't continue to struggle with it. Be who you are and say what you feel, because those who matter don't matter, 
those who matter don't mind. I am finally starting to see that everyone is different, and that's what makes me, me. My friends have noticed a change, but I've never been happier because I gave my worries up to God. Now think of how you see me. Has your image of me changed at all? On the outside, I may be that goofy, fun-loving girl. But did you know that this other side of me even existed? Think about the people you see every day. Do you know where they've been, what they've done, or been through their struggles? You may think you know someone, but you haven't even begun to discover who they really are. When you begin to let God into your life, people will start to see who you really are. Don't be afraid to show the person behind the mask. Shared a story she found on the internet. 
It was written by a 17-year-old boy for an essay for his English class. The prompt was, explain your view of heaven. I'd like to share that story with you now. In that place, between wakefulness and dreams, I found myself in a room. There was no distinguishing features except for the one wall covered with small index card files. They were like the ones in libraries that list the titles by author or subject in alphabetical order. But these files, which stretched from floor to ceiling and seamlessly endless in either direction, had very different headings. The first to catch my attention was the one that read, Girls I Have Liked. I opened it and began flipping through the cards. I quickly shut it, shocked to realize that I recognized the names written on each one. And then, without being told, I knew exactly where I was. This lifeless room with its small files was a crude catalog system of my life. On these cards were written the actions of my every moment, big and small, and a detail my memory couldn't match. A sense of wonder and curiosity, coupled with horror, stirred within me as I began randomly opening files and exploring their content. Some brought joy and sweet memories, others a sense of shame and regret so intense I would look over my shoulder to see if anyone was watching. A file named Friends was next to the one marked Friends I Have Betrayed. The titles ranged from mundane to the outright weird. Books I have read, lies I have told, comfort I have given, jokes I have laughed at. Some were almost hilarious in their examples. Things I have yelled at my sisters. Others I couldn't laugh at. Things I've done in my anger. Things I've muttered under my breath to my parents. Often, there are many more cards than I had expected. Sometimes, fewer than I had hoped. Is this really my life? Looking closer, I saw each card was written in my own handwriting. Each signed my signature. When I came to a file marked lustful thoughts, I felt a chill run down my spine. I pulled out the file only an inch, not willing to test its size and drew out a card. I shuddered at its detailed content. I felt sick to think such a moment had been recorded. An almost animal-like rage broke out inside me. One thought dominated my mind. No one must ever see these cards. No one must ever see this room. I have to destroy them. In an insane frenzy, I tried to destroy the card, only to find it as strong as steel when I tried to carry it. Defeated and utterly helpless, I returned the card to its slab. Leaning my forehead against the wall, I let out a long, self-pitying sigh. And then the tears came. Sobs so deep that they hurt. They started in my stomach and shook through me. I fell to my knees and cried. I cried out of shame. The rows of file shelves swirled in my tear-filled eyes. No one must ever, ever know of this room. They must lock it up and hide the key. But then, as I pushed away the tears, I saw him. No, please, not him, not here, anyone but Jesus. I watched helplessly as he began to open the files and read the cards. I couldn't bear to watch his response. And in the moments I could bring myself to look at his face, I saw a sorrow deeper than my own. He seemed to intuitively go to the worst cards. Why did he have to read every one? Finally, he turned and looked at me from across the room. 
He looked at me with pity in his eyes, but this pity didn't anger me. I dropped my head, covered my face with my hands, and began to cry again. He walked over and put his arm around me. He could have said so many things, but he didn't say a word. He just cried with me. Then he got up and walked back to the wall of fires. Starting at one end of the room, he took out a card, one by one, and began to sign his name over mine. No! I shouted as I ran to him. All I could find to say was no, no, as I pulled the card from his hand. His name shouldn't be on these cards, but there it was, written in red so rich, so dark, so alive. His name was written in his blood. The name of Jesus covered mine. He smiled a sad smile and continued to sign the cards. I don't think I'll ever understand how he did it so quickly, but in the next instant, I heard him close the last file and walk back to my side. He placed his hand on my shoulder and he said, it is finished. <laughs> I stood up and he led me out of the room. Take a moment to reflect on this story. What will be written on your cards? There are index cards in your pews with pencils. I invite everyone to take advantage of this opportunity to admit your faults. Let's face it, we all have them.
Now I'd like to take you back into my story. On my confirmation retreat, we were given index cards to fill out, just like you did. The story really made me think differently about my life and my faults. I've always called myself a good Catholic boy. I went to mass with my family, took religious ed classes without complaining too much. I was a good kid that didn't commit sins. I mean, hey, I was never off to my parents, I never worshipped false gods, never killed anyone or stole any of his wife. <laughs> the file cabinet story showed me that God is always with you. And I thought that was just downright scary. Think about it. God is with you right now. God knows if you paid attention to the story, what you did in school or work last week, how you speak to others, or how you treat your family. God knows every thought that has ever crossed your mind, whether you acted upon it or not. I had the same emotions that I imagine some of you are having right now. I didn't commit major sins, but I certainly didn't live a perfect life. I started to feel guilt, shame, regret. Then something happened while I sat quietly reflecting on my index cards. I started to shed tears and bury my face in my hands. I was shocked at myself. I allowed myself to think I was moving along in life just fine. I allowed myself to think I was living in my content little bubble. I'm supposed to be the good kid. I didn't want anyone to know I wasn't perfect. But thinking about all of my actions, all the thoughts I have, all the things I don't do for people, I became aware of a great feeling of emptiness inside of me. After some time, I opened my eyes and I looked to the fireplace. I saw one of the retreat leaders sitting on the bench in front of the blazing fire. His palms were opened up on his lap, his eyes glistening with tears. He was looking up, uttering silent words of prayer. I started to fall. I knew why I felt empty inside. God wasn't keeping myself himself from me. I was keeping my, myself from God. God wasn't keeping himself from me. I was keeping myself from God. It didn't matter that I made mistakes. I am loved by God. I am loved by God. You are all loved by God. I had to allow myself to feel God's presence and love. I could feel it. I knew God was real. It wasn't a booming voice from the sky or witnessing a miracle. I felt him and I knew. God is everywhere. God loves me. And so our relationship began. It's nearly impossible for me to explain to you the feeling of God. The closest word that helped me accept God's presence and love is the word always. It took me a long time to accept that word. Always. God is with you. Always. God is not with you watching to see if you can be perfect. He is with you to guide you. God is your compass. Yes, you will make mistakes, but guess what? God loves you and forgives you in spite of that. God loves you. Before that moment on the retreat, I wasn't ready to feel the presence of God. 
But just because I wasn't ready doesn't mean that God wasn't there. God is constant. I am with you always until the end of age. We hear these direct words in the Gospel of Matthew. I had to bridge the gap between me and God. An open mind and willingness to let it happen allowed me to feel that love. That is what relationship with God takes, a quiet acceptance. In the moment I accepted God, I accepted that He is everywhere and in everything. You just have to be willing to recognize it. I want to encourage you to spend some quiet time with God tonight when you get home. Think of what you wrote on your note card. Think about what you have heard here tonight. Be open to your relationship with God. God is listening. After all, He is with you. Always.
like help in the kitchen, and allowed me to experience things I would not have otherwise living with two boys. She was the closest thing to a mom I had. My grandma was diagnosed with cancer when I was about eight years old. She spent literally hundreds of nights at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, which began to feel like our second home. We spent multiple holidays in the hospital with my grandma and loving grandpa. My grandpa, my grandpa spent all those years right by her side, driving her to the hospital and tending to her everyday needs. His love and commitment reminds me of the love God has for us. My grandpa was doing God's work, not only because of his unconditional love for my grandma, but because of his love for God. My grandma is the strongest woman I have ever known and fought for five and a half years but unfortunately lost the battle in March of 2011. To make matters worse, I was in Florida with a friend on spring break when I heard the news. Although I've been told it's better that I wasn't there to see her in so much pain, no one really understands the pain of missing that last goodbye. At this point in my life, I felt hopeless. I had lost my mother and the closest thing I had ever had to one. School dragged on. I could barely pay attention in class because all I could think about was the fact that I would never be greeted with that loving smile and hug or enter their house to the smell of my grandma's wonderful cooking or even go to mass in their small town and be bragged about to all of her friends. I just felt so empty. Love and support from my family was great and I could not be more thankful for them, but there was one person that truly got me through this hard time. God. For me, it was truly a blessing that our parish confirmation program had begun and our small group meetings had already started to show me the presence of God and that his never-ending love would always be there. I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to be a part of a parish that gave me opportunities to take my faith to a new level. I've met many new people that share the same, belief, same beliefs that I do and it is so refreshing to be able to talk to people about God and not feel judged. I have gained strength and confidence that I had never had before. Without this faith community, I would never be able to come up in front of all of you and share my story. But now I know that I have someone right here beside me to guide me through it. Actively pursuing my faith life has brought me so close to God that I can now understand that God has a plan for me and that he's never trying to hurt anyone. No matter what obstacles God places in your life, he is not trying to hurt you, but only make you stronger, as he did for me. God's unending love has taught me how to trust. I truly hope that one day, God's grace will reveal itself to you and you will begin to trust his ways as I have. Even though my faith has grown immensely, I still occasionally question God and his motives. And no matter how good things get in your life, there will always be setbacks. I sometimes wonder why bad things keep happening to good people. And it is okay to be upset about these things, but you need to learn to trust. These obstacles are good. 
They teach you how to turn to God. No matter how small your problem is, God will always be right there behind you, just waiting for you to turn around. I have learned that no matter how ashamed or worthless you may feel, he will always look at you like you are royalty, because you are. He understands if you're angry, but no matter how mad you get, it will not change what's happened. You just have to understand that he's trying to give you strength and help you to become the best person that you can be. Not only do you need to remember his love in times of need, but also in times of joy. Most people pray for help only when things go wrong, but eventually you will need to learn to praise God for all that he has blessed you with. There are so many things in this life that we take for granted, and I have talked a lot about how God has helped me through the hard times, but I can't forget all the good times that he has been there with me and all the things I have been blessed with. For example, I've woken up every morning for over 17 years. That may not seem like something big, but some people aren't even lucky enough to be born. I also eat three meals a day, which is something not everyone is able to do, and I am extremely thankful for that opportunity. Have you ever let someone come in front of you in a parking lot and they didn't wave back? Have you ever held the door for someone and they didn't thank you? And all you want to do is scream, you're welcome! How do you think God feels when he blesses us with family, friends, shelter, food, and so much more? And all we do is turn around and complain that something's wrong. It's not hard to give thanks. The feeling of knowing you have given back to the person who has done the most for you is wonderful. Once you realize how much God has done in your life, you begin to give thanks, and you get that urge to give back. This is when you must use your gifts. Every single person on this earth has a gift. Discovering your gift may be difficult, and sharing it with others may make you feel like you're showing off, but it's not. You're complimenting God by using your gifts, and every time you use your gift, just know that God is looking down and smiling because he could not be more proud. Don't be ashamed of your gifts because there is a reason you have them. God placed each and every one of you on this earth for a reason. Prayer is a great time for you to discover your purpose and be blessed by the Holy Spirit. It will also help you fulfill your purpose. It is okay to feel bad about your hardships, but eventually you need to push through and trust that the Lord has a purpose for you and that He loves you. I hope that like me, you will learn to love your life no matter what obstacles you have to face because no matter what you feel is right or wrong, we must all trust God, as my favorite verse tells us. Proverbs 3.5 Trust in the Lord with all your heart. On your own intelligence, rely not. Thank you for letting us share our stories with you. We invite you to end our time together by sharing a sign of God's peace with one another.